Welcome back. Oh, I tried finding some words and I've oh, I can't even. Remember I always now. I try doing that too and then I I and just I forget. forget. Um, We're gonna desecrate. That's the only thing I can think of. That's that so works. Intense. I can never think of like a synonym for. Oh wait, I have one. We're gonna hunt down some prey right now. I feel like we're getting very like scavengery like bears and foxes well that's what i associate with vultures i guess it's true vultures are scary we're gonna hunt down some prey desecrate desecrate our pop culture prey pop culture (laughs) prey which this week is female (laughs) artists from from the the 90s 90s. i wasn't sure how he phrased it so i'm like wait I, I always write it at the also top. a band, but it's not most. It's not a lot. I mean, it's a lot about the band in relation but to this person, right? But not about the full details of the band, That's which fine. I could do an episode on. You certainly could, but but no, we just decided we wanted to highlight some female artists. Yeah, from I feel the like we haven't talked enough about a lot of women, which are important in the arts and you know pop culture, obviously. And were women? I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, we're women, and we want to highlight that. And we also just love the '90s. I especially we love, love 90s she music. especially loves the '90s, but I do okay. as well. I know. Yeah, you're you know you're big on that. I'm big in the shoegaze department. Mm. <laughs> I have to do some exploration there. Yeah. At some point, let's begin. Yeah. Who wants to start? Hmm. Who started last time? I think I started last time. Yeah. Girl, should we kick it off with a controversial one here? Yes. I, of course, always choose the one that's, I feel like, slightly more off-kilter. Yes. You know, Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. Kerouac, The Clash. It's been a little controversial, I will say. It's been a little controversial. I just like, I like the controversy. You like I to like stir the, the pot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Only in the pop culture realm. This week I'm doing yes. Courtney Love. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Courtney Love was born July 9th, 1964. She's a cancer. She was born in San Francisco, but raised mostly in Portland, Oregon, which both make sense. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Her mom was a psychotherapist, and her dad was a publisher and a road manager for the Grateful Dead. No way. <laughs> yeah, bro. She has so many weird connections. Then in 1970, her parents got divorced, mm-hmm. um, and there was this huge custody battle over Courtney Love, and her mom testified that her dad injected her with LSD when she was a toddler. Oh. Did, yeah. she, did he? I don't know. Who knows? He obviously, like... Ooh. It goes against that, and then his dad, like, accused his her mom of, like, abducting her and trying to, like, flee the country and shit. So, like, it was fucked. Jeez. But I think the LSD thing was a selling point, true or not. So, kind whatever. Of interesting. I know. <laughs> her mom gains custody of her, and then they move to Oregon, which is, like, where she grew up most of the time. Um, while they're there, her mom, like, remarries, um, and the guy that she remarries, like, legally adopts Courtney Love. And they're, like, pretty close. Um, they Then they have two daughters together and then a son, but he died, like, early, like, I think when he was an infant, when Courtney was 10. Um, so she was raised Roman Catholic, um, but her mom was very unconventional. There was a lot of, like, hippie-type people. This is a quote from Love. There were hairy, wangly-ass hippies running around <laughs> naked doing gestalt therapy. <laughs> that what was a, a direct quote, right? 
Um, so her mother like raised her in a gender-free household, like not a lot, like not trying to like dress her up, not a lot of dresses when she was a kid, which is like kind of cool. Respect. Um, she attended a Montessori school in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, that'll fuck you up. <laughs> so Julia, who that'll make you a weird to- kid. <laughs> I'll tell you that from personal experience. <laughs> um, she struggled academically and socially. Um, and at age nine, a psychologist noted that she exhibited signs of autism. In 1972, her mom got divorced, and they, she moved her to New Zealand, um, <gasps> where Courtney attended an all-girls school, but got kicked out because of a misbehavior incident. Ooh. Which is only the start. Oh, boy. <laughs> but at least that. you're in New Zealand. Like, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, kind of a vibe. Yeah. I don't know anything about New Zealand, actually. The Hobbit was filmed there. Oh, I knew one thing. Or Lord of the Rings, not The Hobbit. Maybe The Hobbit was, too. Same thing. Same vein. Um, after living in New Zealand for a while and getting kicked out of an all-girls school, her mom sent her back to Portland to live with her former stepfather. So, like, that shows, like, you're, you trust your ex to raise your daughter more than you do? Yeah. Mm, she seems mm, a bit unstable, perhaps. Mm, yeah. Mm. And during this time, her mother gives birth to two other of Courtney Love's half-siblings. So, she's living there for a while. At age 14, she gets arrested First account. Um, so she got arrested at age 14 for shoplifting and then was sent to a correctional facility. Like, for shoplifting? That's serious? a bit extreme. Exactly. I put, for real? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but there she listened to a lot of Patti Smith, The Runaways, and The Pretenders, which later inspired her musically. <gasps> I've seen The Runaways movie with Kristen Stewart. That sounds familiar. My stepdad's cousin, Cousin Mikey, is in that and plays the what? manager dude. What's his name? What's the manager Isn't that like that Dark Academia movie or am I thinking of something else? No, you're thinking of it. Okay. It's about the Runaways. I don't think I've seen it actually. Oh my god, it's so fucking oh my good. Gosh. You watch it so good. Dude, we should. Your, your step... Who's in it? Cousin Mikey. My step... Remember that? The dude oh. in, in um, what's that movie with the fish? <laughs> what movie? Shape of Water. <laughs> He's in that. Um, Michael Shannon. That's my stepdad's like first cousin. Do you guys hear this? <laughs> you heard it here first. Is this first. on the record, guys? Michael Shannon is related to my stepdad. Like, that's kind of sick. Um, so after that time, like, being in the correctional facility, she lives with her stepfather, and then it goes into foster care for a while before being emancipated in 1980. So I don't know what's going on. But, like, sad. Like, she's just kind of being thrown around as, like, a kid. Like, no wonder she has issues growing up. You oh, know? yeah, especially foster care. That's system. That'll fuck you up. But apparently she's, like, older, so they just, like, probably put her... And they're like circumstantially, and they're like, well, legally, you need to be in foster care, like right. have someone there. Mm-hmm. And then she was emancipated in 1980, so it's like, by the time she was, you know, 18 or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. So then after that, she spent two months in Japan working as a topless dancer. Oh wow! But was deported because her passport was confiscated. Okay. <laughs> she returned return to Portland, worked as a stripper some for longer, um, which is how she when she adopted Love as her name. Um, after that, she decides to you know go to school. <laughs> She's all over the place, literally. Hey, I, you know what? Respect. Honestly. You make your money. She's on that grind. You make that fucking money from stripping. Like, I'm, fucking pays well. And then I'm you saying. pay for your education. Like, I can't. Okay. Baller. And yeah. college is much cheaper in the 90s. True. Or I guess 80s at this point. So she returns to Portland. Um, yeah, works as, as a stripper, then enrolls in Portland State for a while. Um, she says later on in life that if she didn't find music and have a career in music, she would have worked with children. Which. Oh, wow. With her relationship with her daughter, seems like a 
bad idea to me, but you know. Mm. She literally has her daughter like has a restraining order against her. So. <gasps> what? Frances Bean. I know nothing about Courtney Love, so I'm very excited to be educated. You here. like heard about her like growing up though, right? Like she's kinda like a household name, you know? I definitely heard about her, yeah. but I don't really I, I She's always in the media somewhere. You like look left or right. You're like, I thought that bitch was gone, and then she's like, but <laughs> there again. I only know her in connection to Kurt Cobain, to be honest. I, I need to too. like know more about her yeah. actual self. So well, you're, you're going to well, here we go. Here we go. Um, in 1981, she gets a small like trust fund, trust fund from her maternal grandparents. She travel, travels to Dublin, and then she studies at Trinity College for a while. Oh, sick. Studying theology. Like, this girl's all over the place. Okay, yeah. Know. She's traveling around. Yeah. Um, she meets a musician there and starts dating him, um, and he basically like, invites her to travel to London with him, um, where he she meets like some other people, and she basically kind of like a groupie assistant type person for them like running around and giving them like coffee and like and stuff during rehearsals I make and the band yeah that, that. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> me, <laughs> hey i don't run for the coffee you're I just, not the coffee runner yeah you're just with the band i'm just press okay just press. <laughs> um but one of the people that she was kind of in that group of artists that she was hanging around was pete de freitas of echo and the bunny man <gasps> a member of echo and the bunny man. my mom went to an echo and the bunny man concert in 1985 Courtney Love is probably there. I saw she, she was has like, like a groupie a type. Yeah, so cool. This man. is what probably like 1982. Fuck, yeah. dude. Anyways, so she you know she has her time in Europe, dabbles over there, meets some musicians. Whatever. Nice. Age 19, she works at Paramount Studios, and she basically does like cleaning of vintage clothes from like the wardrobe department for like movies. What? I know. Why is she kind of doing cool stuff? <laughs> no. And that's how she got into like fashion because she has a very like distinct style, like grungy yeah. vintage fashion style. Love it. Which comes into play later. Mm. Um, but then in 1984, she moves back to San Francisco um, where she starts her first band, Pagan Babies, with Cat. Oh my God, I always say her name wrong. Pagan Babies? Pagan Babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Cat Bielin. Babes of Toyland, lady. Her. They're like really good friends to oh. her first band, and she's also a leader in, in Hole. I think she's in Hole, um, or at least for some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not cool. Babes of Toyland, but a lot yeah, of people say that Hole rips off Babes of Toyland. But I feel like that's like it's all the same genre kind of music. It's like I mean, and you're always gonna off. take inspiration. Exactly. People think like she stole her like lyrics and like did some stuff, and it's like maybe. I'm sure she was influenced at well, least. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, she starts with a small band. It doesn't really go far. All the other members. That's why, like, Kat Gillen leaves it because she starts Babes of Toyland, which, like, mm-hmm. honestly, she stuck around. She, I feel like Hole is more popular than Babes of Toyland, and I don't know if that's just because, like, Kurt Cobain Association. But Babes yeah. of Toyland is really good. You should go fucking listen to that. I've never heard of them, actually. <gasps> so good. Um, so then she enrolls in another school in San Francisco, Art Institute, and focuses on her acting career. Oh. She plays a small role in Sid and Nancy. I never knew this until I researched her. Really? And I was like, because then I look up pictures, I'm like, that does not look like Courtney Love. Like, Damn. it's so strange. I was like, oh my fucking God, all these years I've watched this movie, I never knew that was her. I feel like this happens a lot when we cover people on here. Yeah, like, like, they're, the they're always like, they would always like play some weird offhand role in some show oh in like the 80s or something. It's insane. So yeah, she does that for a while. She works at, like a couple other places. After kind of acting for a while, she just kind of sticks around in New York where her role in Sid and Nancy was, like, filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, works at, like, a peep show or something like that. All right, and then 1988, she kind of takes a break from acting. I think it was just, like, she was playing a lot of small roles. She, like, wasn't really getting anywhere. She's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so she returns to stripping 
um, moves back to Oregon into like another small town. She moves to Alaska for a little while and also is stri- a stripper there and basically supports herself, but like kind of just need a break from everything. I think she's bouncing around a lot between like California, Oregon, New York, and she's like, I need yeah, a break. Geez. So she just goes to Alaska and like vibes there. Okay. All right, so this is where it really gets interesting. Not that that wasn't interesting. That was interesting. stuff is really interesting. But okay. in 1988, she gathers her thoughts after being in Alaska for a while. You know, does her whole into the wild thing. Mm-hmm. But not really, because she's working as a stripper in a... Very different uh, experience in Alaska. <laughs> a club where local fishermen go. <laughs> Sick. Anyways, <laughs> so she relocates back to, oh, back to California and Los Angeles. And she places an ad in a local music scene stating... I want to start a band. My influences are Big Black, Sonic Youth, and Fleetwood Mac. Which, like, <gasps> if you listen to any of those, do not sound like a whole at all. Like, maybe some Sonic Youth. Those maybe. all are very different sounding bands, too, I Yeah, like, what? what? Like, yeah. those just do not end up. But I guess it's true. Like, Hole does draw a lot of influences from different things. Like, it's mm-hmm. within their three different albums, you get, like, punk, grunge, pop. Love Hole. Anyways. <laughs> and in 1989... She recruits Eric Erlinson, um, Lisa Roberts, and Carolyn Rue, who are the first members of Hole, and they meet at a Guar concert. Do you know Guar? No. Heavy metal band, like a fucking crazy heavy metal band, like dressed up in like fucking whack ass fits, like insane music. I would music. not know this okay. genre. <laughs> I was just, I don't know a lot of heavy metal either, but yeah. So she names the band Hole, and this is from Wikipedia, this line, so I don't know if this is true, from a line of... Erupidus media? What is that? Some type of book or poem that oh. states, there's a hole that pierces right through me. And a conversation that she said she had with her mother. Her mother told her that she could not live her life with a hole running through her. Isn't that kind of edgy, though? Like, fuck. She's like, I'm going to take this pain and trauma. I'm going to fucking cool. ban after it. Yeah, dude. Wait, so yes. her mom said, you so, cannot live with this hole running as in, running through, through you? Yeah. In reference to what? What hole? Mm-hmm. Some emptiness or something in her. Oh, that's kind oh, of well, fucked up. A psychotherapist, but like, she need to be psychoanalyzed. I think, like, you know, mm, she's right? kind of fucked up. So they released a couple singles in like 1990, 1991, like one or two. Um, first one off of like a small label, and then the second one is through Sub Pop, which is like a popular grunge label. Mm-hmm. Like Nirvana was on Sub Pop, and you know, a couple others. Mm. Things like Soundgarden and stuff. Um, and then in 1991. Pretty on the Inside was released. It was their first full-length album, produced by Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. My idol. Oh my god, y'all. I love her. Um, so after Pretty on the Inside was, like, pretty well-received, it was, like, I think during this era, it was, like, the grunge and punk stuff was a lot. Like, if this was released in 75, it would not have been, like, as well-received as it was in 1991. Yeah. But people love, I mean, there was, like, the whole, a lot of, a lot more women in the music scene especially, like, grunge and punk and stuff, and people, especially Riot Girl, all that type of stuff going on. So it was really re- received really well. Um, they went on tour with Mud Honey in Europe and Smashing Pumpkins. I think they were both in Europe, or, like, one in one or the other. It wasn't, like, the United States one was in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and while on tour, she dated Billy Corgan for a while before she did Kurt Cobain, which is the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, my gosh, damn. Yeah. She's getting around. I know, I'm saying. And he, he pops up a couple of times later on, I would mm. say. Bill, She's Billy really with the band. Yeah, she's, she's with the she's band. She's with many <laughs> bands, she is, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? You're, you're surrounded by musicians. Whatever. I don't blame her. Hey, I don't blame her. Whatever. Do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Um, this is when she meets Kurt Cobain. So there's, like, so many mixed things about how they initially met. The one I've heard the most is that they met at 
um, like a bar or something. And Kurt Cobain like wrestled, like playfully like wrestled her because she said that he looked like David Perner from Soul Asylum. Which <laughs> is like so funny. You know? No. What? How do you not know that? Maybe I do. Uh, so anyways, so he like wrestles her like to the ground, like joking about it. But there's also some other people. She says that she met him at a Dharma Bums show in Portland. One of her other bandmates says that they met at a Butthole Surfers and L7 concert, which would be so tight. Like, that's what I would want to go with. Like, you mean, like, L7 concert? That's sick. <laughs> but, you would. But, yeah, so I don't know how they met, but they, they met, like, initially in, like, the 1989-90 era, and then they were, like, reacquainted through a friend of theirs in 1991 and then started dating in 1992. Four months later, Courtney Love's pregnant, and they get married. Ooh. In Hawaii. Have you looked at, have you seen their wedding photos before? I don't think so. Oh my god! Okay, you have, it's the funniest fucking thing. Courtney Love, like, looks wrecked, first of all. They're probably on heroin by this, by this time. Ooh. There's lots of controversy around that, people thinking that, like, Courtney Love introduced Kurt Cobain to heroin. I've heard that. Which, I feel like Courtney Love gets such a bad rap because people glorify Kurt Cobain so much. Oh, they romanticize and him. They romanticize him like crazy, which, like, awesome. He's a great musician, great lyricist, like, writer, like, Amazing. I love Nirvana. Don't get me wrong. But like, he had his issues, too. Oh, Everyone yeah. Does. No, and, and they, they, like, demonize her so much. They do that. They always do that with women. Like, yeah. if, if a guy is dating someone, it's, like, it, the woman Especially is always going to be Especially, like, how it ends demonized. and stuff. Like, she got fucked. They're always criticized for And, obviously, she, I think she was. They, they, those were, like, the two people that probably should never have been together. Right. Like, they were just not good for each other. But you can't blame, you can't put the blame, obviously we don't know the whole situation, but yeah. you can't put the blame on one entire person. No. And it seems like the media really, like, demonized they her. They made her, they, yeah. I mean, I, I don't like Courtney Love as, like, a person in recent years, but, like, obviously in the, I don't think she was that controversial in the 90s, but they just painted her this way, and then it's, like, right. obviously, like. Sexism. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, nowadays, like, I don't know, maybe it would have been different, but I don't know. I don't think it would. People, even not. people still do that now, even if, like, a male celebrity is dating a woman. The woman usually gets some shit or they like blame her for like the man acting different or yeah, something, you know what I mean? It's true. But anyways, at their wedding picture, this is my favorite one, the one with Dave Girl is so funny. She's wearing this like white dress, bright red lipstick. Kirk Cobain is in like full flannel pajamas. It's what? so funny. And then this picture of Dave Girl is just like standing in between them, like so awkward. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> no. It's like my favorite thing ever. Look at Dave Girl, he's like she looks like some scary apparition. She has from a, a cigarette in her hand. <laughs> With a bright ass lipstick. So funny. And he just looks like he rolled right out of bed. He probably did. Damn. So they only knew each other for, for not very well, long. Well, so they knew each other of each other in like the 90s, like 89, 90s when they initially met. They were okay. like reacquainted in 91, started dating in 92, like late 91, started dating in 92. Four months later, they were married. Jesus. Yeah. Moving a bit fast, guys. Yeah. I mean, because she was pregnant. I don't know if that's why, but she was pregnant. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they both become addicted to heroin, like, during their marriage. Lots of bad press surrounding this. Um, was she doing heroin while she was pregnant? Listen to this. So she claims that she did not do heroin while she was pregnant. But a Vanity Fair, I read the whole Vanity Fair article. Of course I did. This Vanity Fair article came out that suggests, it was it was a pretty fucked up article. It was, and this is the article that she pointed blame, like, this is why Kurt Cobain, like, killed himself. Ooh. But it was a really intense article, it was, but, like, not to that extent, and basically pointed blame, saying that, like, she was on heroin, like, insinuated that she was on heroin, mm. like, while she was pregnant. Yikes. Um, but Francis Bean Cobain is born, and 
this is, it's so fucking sad because literally a year later, April 5th is when Kurt Cobain commits suicide. It's just so sad, like, thinking about, like, she, like, never met her dad. And, like, she hears yeah. Nirvana songs and, like, he's huge. Aw. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize she was that young. Yeah. Although she, she claims she doesn't really like Nirvana. She, like, doesn't really like the music. She's, like, not really my vibe. <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay, girl. Um, but I will go on a weird sidebar. I might cut this out, but it's super interesting to me. Although, Tell like, me. theories of Kurt Cobain's suicide stuff. I'm curious. Have you, like... I know a little bit. I, I, I've heard, like, some of the conspiracies that, like, he didn't even do it or something mm-hmm. and somebody shot him or something. But they think Courtney Love shot him. I've heard that. But the FBI, FBI file that was released last year included, like, a bunch of notes from fans, like, basically urging to, like, look into the case as, like, a homicide. And the FBI was like, no, no. Which, like, mm. to me makes sense. Like, okay, well, maybe there wasn't sufficient, sufficient evidence to, pr- like, point to a homicide. Right. Which is why they didn't, like, look into that. But there's like so much about it. Like so but many documentaries just... I've talked like the, the angle of the gun and right. all this shit. And there's no fingerprints on the gun apparently. That's like a thing is oh. I don't think there were any fingerprints <gasps> on it. Oh. Which is like what? I don't know if that's actually true though, because like who it's all hearsay. Right. I don't even know if that was in the FBI like report. But it is they were kinda sloppy with it. And the FBI has so many files on people, like Biggie Smalls. Like that's sus too. Anyways, but yes. they have like all this shit on all these like different murder cases in the music industry mm-hmm. and it's just kind of sloppy work like oh yeah like, I mean I wouldn't be surprised at all yeah. if they or if like they, all these druggies these druggy musicians and they're just like whatever right or they what? just write it off as a suicide because that's easier than trying to investigate exactly. and find who actually did it which I think it was a suicide and like reading the letter it's like a lot of people think it is kind of vague so a lot of people think it was a note that he was writing about ending Nirvana like leaving Nirvana mm-hmm. and then there's a small part at the end that he talks about his daughter and Courtney Love but it looks like different handwriting. I've heard that. And it kind of does, but not in the way of like someone was trying to mimic his handwriting. It just looks sloppier and bigger. Right. So I'm like, mm, hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just wrote it at a different time when he was in like a more erratic state of mind or something. Yeah, or just as he's writing gets sloppier and just right. writes at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Who knows? But that's my little small side bar. We can only sidebar. speculate. Yeah. But basically people think that Courtney shot him, right? Yeah, that's and like, like they, they think that she got him into heroin. We're just like, okay, you're a musician and you're already super fucking depressed. And like, I mean, Kurt Cobain just had a rough life, you know? Yeah. And like, drugs are... It's, he's I gonna... Mean, yeah. He knows about heroin. Like, he's gonna do it if he's certain. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's the reason, but... Anyway, so she's kind of painted like a horrible person, especially after that Vanity Fair article. Like... The media painted her so horribly. Yeah. And, like, she kind of lives up to it later in her life. But <laughs> during this time, I, like, she's just a druggie. Like, I don't see that. Like, Hole's good. She's making money. Like, she's successful. Like, why are you trying to paint her in, like, such a negative light? Um, they'll do Sex anything. The, the press will do anything to bring down, like, a successful woman. You know what I mean? Especially, I mean. You said it. You like, heard it here first, guys. <laughs> it's true. I it's think. true. Hey. 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 What's that thing that newsboys say in the 20s? Hey, read it here first, guys. <laughs> read it here first. Got hey. your paper. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. <laughs> Anyways, 1994, the best whole album, Live Through This, comes out. Oh, my fucking God, it's so good. So, yeah, that album comes out great critical and commercial success. I think that one went platinum, which is, like, super cool. Yeah. Um, actually, no, that one didn't go platinum, but the next one does. So, like, they're just kind of, I mean, and they cap it at three albums, and I feel like that's, like, good, honestly, for, like, a band. Three Dude. all good albums. They're all Quality good. Quality over done. quantity. I'm saying, I, like... There's not a whole song that I'm like, eh, I don't like it. Holes, like, fucking slaps. That's the way to do so it, man. Good. So, 
after this, um, her, the basis of Hole dies of an overdose just like a couple months after Kurt Cobain dies. So it's like, mm. this year's fucked for Courtney Love. So yeah. she, her husband dies. She releases this album, which they recorded like the year before. So I get it like releasing it, but like the timing, mm, whatever. And then her basis for her band dies like months later. And then she's getting all this like terrible public scrutiny. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, of course she's going to pop the fuck off. And she does. Yeah. Also, there is also conspiracy theories that the basis of Hole was dating Kurt Cobain and they didn't actually both die, they like ran away together. Isn't that weird? There's My dad that. told me that. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? But Kurt Cobain did date, I think, one of the members of Hole. Oh no, he dated, um, yeah, he dated one of the members of Hole before like they were in Hole, before dating Courtney Love. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, so she goes on tour for Live Through This. I think that's, I mean, I get it. People were like, scrutinizing her for that, like, you are going through all this stuff and now you're going on tour for your album. It's like, what else is she supposed to do? Sit around and be sad? Like, she's just got to keep living. Everybody handles grief in a different exactly. way, Exactly. So she goes on tour, but she's, like, hysterical on stage. She's flashing people. She's stage diving. She has invites with audience members. Damn. So, anyways, then she gets arrested in 1995 for fighting with, like, a stewardess on a flight. Um, and then that United same situation. year, in that same year at Lollapalooza, this is so funny. She throws a lit cigarette before punching Kathleen Hanna in the face. Do you know who Kathleen Hanna is? No. Um, she's Bikini Kill's lead singer. And she oh. was friends with Kurt Cobain at the very beginning of Nirvana. And some people say that she inspired the, the name for um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, really? There's like some graffiti on the wall and she like made a joke about it to Kurt Cobain and like he called it that. No, but it's just so many weird connections. So she, yeah, freaks the fuck out of Lollapalooza. But apparently she said Kathleen Hanna made some comment about her daughter or something. So mm. I don't know what team is going on there, but also Kathleen Hanna is married to the guy in Beastie Boys. Oh my god. I know. So the nineties were so crazy. Jesus. <laughs> I wish I was there. So in nineteen ninety six the tour ended and um Courtney Love kinda returns to acting for a while. She quit her- heroin for a while to be in the movie called The People vs. Harry Flint, which she received a Golden Globe for. Oh wow. So oh, okay. I guess she must be a good actress. I don't know. Nice. Anyways. Then in 1998, Celebrity Skin was released. That one went platinum. Um, and she toured with Marilyn Manson and Korn. Which, <laughs> really? Okay, interesting lineup. Um, but apparently, um, she like left the tour because of like production cost disagreements. But she later notes that she didn't like how they were like sexualized the treatment of their female audience members. Oh. But also later on, in like the I don't even know when, like recently, Courtney Love was in a music video for Marilyn Manson. Interesting. She's very contradictory with the stuff she says. She seems very erratic. I don't know. Weird yeah, shit. Yeah, that is kind of So weird. she's very, like, contradictory with, like, the stuff she says. Was like, she still on heroin at this point? Like, is she on heroin now? No, she's fine now. Okay, good. She's just, I mean, all the years of doing drugs might affect you. I don't know. I'm sure she has some mental health issues. And I guess she was on the spectrum, maybe? Like, there's lots going on and, like, yeah. I think there's just lots going on. Like, you can't really dissect it with her. Like, there's, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So. Therapy. Yeah, but all her music's great. Celebrity Skin is doing amazing. Hey, yeah, there you go. So um, they tour on that for a while, Marilyn Manson and Korn, and then Hole kind of becomes dormant for a while, and she starts another female punk band called Bastard with the same basis from, well, same basis after the one that passed away from mm-hmm. Hole, um, and Louise Post from Veruca Salt, which is another great 90s female-led band. Yes. Yeah. 1997, wait, Oh, yeah. So, also during this time, like, also every skin, like, before that was released and all of that, this is when, like, there's a lot of beef that starts between Dave Grohl and the other members of, like, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Chris Novoselic? I always say his name right. N- Novoselic? 
I don't know, I always say it wrong. Anyways, they kind of have some beef with her over who basically owns what happens with, like, Nirvana's music and, like, all that type of stuff and, like, Kurt Cobain's mm. image. So they start um, basically a company, the Nirvana LLC, to, like, kind of distribute and manage all this stuff. But okay. that shit gets so crazy between, like, her and, like, Dave Grohl and yeah. Courtney Love because she says some fuck shit about him, like, basically later on in life saying all this shit that, like, he was, like, predatory towards her daughter. And Ooh. Frances Bean went out, came out and publicly and said, that's not true. Like, don't listen to what my mom's saying. She's just, like, crazy. Like, Dave Ooh. Grohl would never do that. So she says some fuck shit. And there was, like, a time where they, like, kind of made amends and they were, like, everyone thought, damn, they're good. And then Courtney Love, like, said some fuck shit about him again on Twitter, like, a couple years later. And he's, like, girl, not on can't Twitter. we just live? She needs to get off Twitter, first of all. She has so many libel cases against her on Twitter. Oh, my God. Like, so many, like, four or five different ones. Dude, retire, like, go to, you know, Hawaii or something. I know. Anyways, so whole pretty much ends in 2002. They don't do anything after Celebrity Skin. I think they, like, got back together once or twice for, like, some reunion tour, reunion or just, like, some touring and stuff. Mm-hmm. But didn't release, they didn't release any music. Yeah. Well, they didn't, as the original lineup, did not release any music past, okay. like, 2002. Mm-hmm. So after Hole, she gets arrested again in 2003 for causing another disturbance on a flight. And then later that year also gets arrested again. <laughs> Why did she just react? Why like, is she such a nuisance on flights, bro? Like, I don't know. That's like Two the dimes. worst place that you can be a nuisance. Like be a nuisance somewhere hours. else that's not on a cramped metal tube in I the know. air. With a so bunch she of basically people. like, I think she got like banned from like a certain airline. She like still can't ride that airline because she. Like, I bet it's United. Maybe. <laughs> Probably United. They're correct. Um, but then later that year, she gets arrested for breaking several windows of her producer and ex-boyfriend's house. Oh, jeez. Okay. And temporarily lost, temporarily lost custody of her daughter. Oof. Anyways. That's like taking egging an ex, like, a little too far. <laughs> That's, like, way too far. Like, maybe breaking don't fucking break windows. windows. I wouldn't even egg someone's house. I'm like, oh, what about the paint? <laughs> I did throw olives at my neighbor's window. Um, olives? But he was an asshole. <laughs> at his window. I was a little kid and I'm an Aries. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, fuck you, Terry. Wearing olives <laughs> at his window. Terry. But he <laughs> came out and yelled at me. He's like this like southern hick who was like really rude and like threatened to shoot our dog. He would threaten to shoot our dog because she barked so much. He was just a dog jerk. Bark. Chill out. And I was like, what? And he also, had, he also he had a huge tractor. It wasn't even allowed in our neighborhood. We're in like the burbs. <laughs> We're in like the fucking suburbs. And he has like this huge tractor. Why? Like, Dude, just move to rural Missouri. That's like people in Colorado that have boats. What the fuck are you doing with a boat? You going to the reservoir? You going to Aurora Reservoir right now? Probably. That's fucking <laughs> dumb. No, but, and then he came out and he was like, what are you doing? You think that's nice? That's how you treat your neighbors? <laughs> my mom, my mom made me call him on the phone and apologize. Are you serious? I was like crying. I was like, I'm sorry. I threw all of such a window, Terry. <laughs> it's like the funniest anecdote ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. I threw all of What type of olives? Black olives? Yeah, dude. Of course. My Children fave. love black olives. Really? Kalamata. Okay, I love Kalamata too. I ate so many Kalamata olives today. Oh, dude, I should get some. You got them from Trader Joe's? Yeah, I just got a whole. You can have some of mine. Oh, can I please? Yeah, of course. Anyways, um, but while she was, you know, being a menace in 2003, she also signed with Virgin um, Records to work on a solo record, which was a flop. <laughs> she did fucking horrible. No one liked it. Aww. It's still on Spotify, I think. Um, she plans, so she starts writing another solo album, which, like, girl. I mean, good for you, I guess, for trying again. Right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Called How Dirty Girls Get Clean. And she's writing that while she's in rehab. Mm. And she collabs with Perry and Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins. He's back again. He helps write a lot of the songs on that. Um, And she was going to release it as a solo album. But she hints on, like, Twitter about, like, oh, whole reunion. This is 
2010, by the way, so she's hinting at that. And the former guitarist, Eric Erlinson says, no, like, there's never going to be a whole reunion. None of us want to be in the band again. Like, it's not happening. Mm. And in her response on Twitter, she says, quote, he's out of his mind. Whole is my band, my name, and my trademark. So she takes this solo album and she releases it as a whole album. But it's her in this random lineup of people. Like, oh none God. of the original band members except her because she's like, it's my thing. Which, like, I guess it is, but, like, at that point, just release it as a... That's, like... Yeah. This is a really bad reference, but, like, Panic of the Disco. <laughs> he's still releasing music. What's his name? Brendan Neary or something? He's still yeah. releasing music as Panic of the Disco when it's just him and none of the other members. Like, just do a solo album. Like, right? I guess they have, like, the, the recognition they want of the, the name. name. Yeah, I guess. But that album, it was okay. Like, the songs weren't bad, but it was, like... Fine. I mean, because it's not the same. Yeah, no. it's just like I know it's not whole, so right. it's like weird. It received mixed reviews, but like altogether, like not horrible. Yeah. Um, she does a solo tour in 2013. She does a tour with um, fucking what's her name, uh, Lana Del Rey. She has, Did like, she? Yeah, she like opens for her, hmm. and then in 2020 she was hospitalized for anemia, but made a full recovery. And now she's working on a cover series called Bruises of Roses, where it's just a video series where she covers songs she likes. Wow, she's really Which doing is- the most. Hmm. Now we get into the controversial part. Oh, boy. Mm, this is, like, so hard to talk about because it's, like, so fucked up. Oh, God. Have you seen the videos of her? Not really. At concerts? Oh, my No, man. So there's this video of her. And tour on, in 1994, so it was a live through this tour, she's shouting. Oh, my God. She's, like, chanting to the crowd, encouraging them to say a bunch of slurs, including the N-word. She was, like, basically addressing the audience. Ooh. And it was like, say, like, everyone say the N-word. It says it. Not even says N-word, but, like, says the full word. And, like, people chanting it back. And she's like, good. Like, all this stuff, like, encouraging. Like, it's so disgusting. It's so horrible. Why? heinous. I don't know. It's horrible. What does she think? She is, like, a language teacher in high school? I don't like, know. Oh, my God, being... right? <laughs> well, I'm going to read Their Eyes Were Watching God. And, guys, there is some language in here. That is a little inappropriate. But I- I'll be true to the text. And I have to say it. So I'm just going to press. Like, you don't have to say it. That's terrible. I know. And that's what Courtney Love's doing. Jesus Christ. She also made like horrible comments about black culture like later on and like with music and stuff. And in 2010, she pulled a young African-American fan out of the crowd and said to her, do you really like rock music? Because you're African-American. That'd be like me liking Lil Wayne. Said that. That was from a Rolling Stones article, guys. Like quoted. To one of your fans who paid to see you in concert? Fuck, the backlash from that was like bad, but not enough to like terrible. I feel like that's not spoken enough about her. I've never heard that before. Being racist, that's just like morally wrong. Being like blatantly Blatantly racist racist, like that too. And like like, not even she's made no comments on it either, like apologizing anything. That's terrible. I like I couldn't find anything at least on it. Wow. So the bottom line for me is that she's pretty fucking horrible. Like I cannot after learning about how racist she is, I can't, yeah. like, look at her any differently. But this is where it comes down to, like, whole fucking slaps. You cannot deny the whole is good, and sometimes you just need to separate the artist from music. You can appreciate a shitty person's music. The whole is I will so say that. good. And, and I'll separate it from sometimes the person. I'm like, fuck yeah, and then I remember Courtney Love. And I'm like, okay, no. Right. Don't think about it. Separate. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to do. Cool. Well, that's all about Courtney Love. All right, my sources for my research today was a Rolling Stone article by David Brown, Biography.com article by Udi Pack, um, another Biography.com article about Courtney Love specifically, Wikipedia, the Vanity Fair article by Lynn Hirschberg, another Rolling Stones article by John Blistein, and another Rolling Stones article by Daniel Krebs. Can you tell that I got a Rolling Stones subscription? <laughs> Rolling Stone out the wazoo. <laughs> Yeah.
artist I chose, the female artist I chose from the 90s, is the legend, the woman, the myth, the legend, Miss Lauren Hill. Oh my god, yes, I'm so excited. Yeah. I've heard a lot of the music, but I don't know anything about her, honestly. I did not either, to be honest, before this. I listened to her music a little bit. slaps, but so I don't good. know anything about her. Well, let's get started. Yeah. So, Lauren Noel Hill. Cute name. Cute name. She was born on May 25th, 1975 in South Orange, New Jersey. Fucking Gemini. So she's a Gemini, which makes sense. I could see that with her a little bit. She's far less problematic than Courtney Love. Far <laughs> less. But everybody's flawed, and she seems she's a bit flawed herself. But mm -hmm. mostly, she's just... A queen. She's incredible. Anyway, so um, her father was a computer consultant, and her mom was an English teacher, but her whole family was very musical. Her older brother, Mulaney, played various instruments, so she was always interested in music from a young age. So she also grew up listening to a lot of like classic soul records of the 60s and 70s, like yeah. Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin. Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, all this Castle. fun shit. She was doing a lot of singing. She would sing at any event that she could. At age 13, she appeared as a contestant on a talent show called Showtime at the Apollo, where she performed Who's Loving You. And she was booed. She was Wait, where, initially booed. Where was booed. it? Like a... Like on TV or like? It was on TV. <gasps> it was aired and she was booed off? Mm -hmm. She So she was booed, but she pushed through the response and she actually ended up winning the crowd's applause by the end. Have you watched her? Was it yeah. bad at first? It's hard to watch at first. It's really sad because she does She's start off. She's nervous. Yeah, she was nervous. She was 13. It was her oh performing God. on like, what, national television? Of course that you'd be nervous. Yeah. Her voice is just kind of shaky, but then she gets better. And, it, and you see that, like, and you see the potential in her voice, too. Like, you can tell that she was just nervous, but she's yeah. actually talented. But I was like, damn, this crowd is fucking ruthless. I know, it's pretty it's fucked like, up. Damn, that would, like, psychologically damage you. But the fact yeah. that she pushed through and, and that just shows. walk off, like, mm. that shows that she really cared. Um, so anyway, so she, yeah, she continued to sing. She was also doing acting jobs. She pursued some acting. Um, in high school, she met two immigrants from Haiti, Praz Mikkel and Wyclef. Jean. Okay? I'm so sorry if I pronounce those wrong. Yeah, we're really bad. I'm, I'm the sure worst I'm... with pronunciation, so yes. sorry guys, don't come at me. I say shit weird all the time. It's not It's not, not trying to be insensitive. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing Praz and Wyclef right because I watched some videos about them, but cool. Anyway, um, so initially she and Praz performed together under the name Translator Crew. They had a little band mm. together. So then they were joined by Wyclef and they became the Fugees. It's short for refugees. Oh God, it's sick. I didn't know it's like short for refugees. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, don't have to live like a refugee. Oh, here we fucking go again. <laughs> There's always Any singing? singing? We're keeping it in. We're keeping it's it in. It's the rules. Anyways. Anyway, so yeah, she continued acting. She was she starred alongside Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act <gasps> 2. And so, so she was making money off of her little acting jobs, and that helped her finance the Fugees. So... Um, she originally, for the band, she was just a singer, but she eventually learned how to rap, and she took inspiration off of rappers like Ice Cube. Kind of developed her flow. She's so fucking good, too. Like, She's how can so you be good, good at she, singing and rapping? I know. It's not fair. And she popularized that uh, kind of melodic hip hop sound where you're, it's like a mix of like RBNB actual singing, because she's an actually very talented mm -hmm. singer. She has fucking pipes. She got fucking pipes. Along yeah. with rapping, she kind of brought that into uh, mainstream popular music, which we'll talk about more later. But mm. yeah. Anyway, so they were just performing around New York in that area, just submitting demo recordings to major record companies. And on top of all this, she was really smart. And I, oh my God, I was listening to like 
watching interviews with her, she is so eloquent. I was like, at a young age too. Damn. She was really eloquent. You can tell that she's very educated. And she got into Columbia University. Holy shit. Um, but I'm pretty sure she dropped out after a year because that's when the Fugees signed their contract. As so she, she should. Bye. Yeah, she was like, eh, that's enough. Um, so then their debut album, Blunted on Reality, came out in 1994. It's not bad at all, but it had some pretty shite reviews. Critics mm-hmm. were saying that, um, but they, they thought that she was the best one. They thought that she should go off on her own. So, already some foreshadowing of tension brewing tension. there within the group. A brewing. Tension a brewing. Tension a brewing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> but they read the room, they took the feedback from the critics, varied their sound, started including more elements of like reggae, R&B. The lyrics became, you know, they included more social commentary into the lyrics. Um, and they came out with the fucking full stops for the score, which came out in 1996. Yes, so good. And this was an, an immediate sensation. It shot to the top of the Billboard 200 and the R&B, R&B charts. And it's still one of the decade's biggest albums. It's so good. I can't even... Uh. It is really, really good. And it also won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Album. So there you go. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but which one do you like better, the score, or do you like um, Miss Education, like her solo? I better? like Miss Education. I like Miss Education better. I just feel like there's more songs on there that I enjoy. And but... it's like more personal, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they're both so, both so, so good. Fucking good. Um, also, this album was pretty, like, a big deal for the hip hop community, too, because it also kind of brought people who wouldn't normally listen to hip hop or R&B into their, um, into the seen a little bit they were suddenly a huge sensation just like that but they were starting to they had you know this is when the stress started to set in a little bit like they were just friends in high school and now they had this hectic touring schedule dealing with all this newfound fame it's starting to put a little bit of a strain on the friendship and here's some tea for you right now i'm ready for the tea right now so lauren and wyclef had a rocky relationship since the early days of the Fugees. They were like off and on dating basically since the early days of the band. Um, and then Wyclef got married and they were still dating. They were still having an affair. What? Yeah. They were still like secretly seeing each other. Was a side chick. Was she like not pissed? Like, okay, we were like kind of off and on and I just got this, oh my God. I know. He up and gets married? He, yeah, he got married. And they were still continuing it on the side, basically. And then, but then also, Lauren started secretly seeing Rohan Marley, who's the son of Bob Marley. <laughs> what? And uh, she was she got pregnant when she was only twenty one with her oh, first abort. son. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's what I would do. You have this situation. whole career, like musical career, and you're gonna have a fucking kid right now? No, Absolutely they talk about not. that. She got a lot of like pressure to have an abortion from the industry mm. for that reason, and uh, I'll get so into like, that. Don't tell but, me what to do. Yeah, she didn't want to, but um, basically, uh, right. she, she. I don't know if she claimed it, but she Wyclef was led to believe that it was his son, and it was actually Rohan's son. And this is basically what broke up the band. Oh, fuck. He was, like, absolutely betrayed. He, like, wanted nothing to do with Lauren for Did years. Did he want to father the child? I think so. It's complicated, though, because like he was married. They both were, you know, they were both were being kind of dishonest. They both were cheating on each <laughs> other. And also on their, you know. You know, other partners. Other partners. 
Um, but I don't know if she like out, out like overtly lied to him or if he was just led to believe that it was his child. That's kind of vague, but he was fucking destroyed. He was really yeah. pissed. Um, and he told the New York Post, she could no longer be my muse. Our love spell was broken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you can like... no longer be my muse. <laughs> Fucking musicians, man. I know, seriously. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she was pressured by the label to get an abortion because they were like, think about your career. Like, what you're 21. What label were they on? Huh? Do you know what label they were on? I do not know. Huh, interesting. No. I wonder. Always I think scary. initially they were on... Um, I think they were on Columbia Records, but I don't know if it changed after that. Um, So anyway, so she, and just by like, you know, the public to get an abortion. But I recommend you listen to I Used to Love Him and also to Zion on her album. Zion is the name of her son. So to Zion is all about her decision to have him. She decided she wanted to have him. Um, And then I Used to Love Him is about Wyclef. And how she <gasps> used to love him and doesn't love him anymore. No way! And I listened to those after learning this, and it was so interesting. And it, she literally tells it all. It's a good song. Oh my it. god, she's a really good storyteller with her music. Oh my god, she's a great lyricist. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, that was some crazy shit. Um, but this little hiccup didn't stunt her Mm-mm. because she immediately started work on her solo debut album, "The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill." It's so good. At the Bob Marley Museum studio in Jamaica, she was taking advantage of this. Tie. <laughs> she said, Marley. connect? Mm, let me slide it. <laughs> yes. As she should. And then just continue to incorporate like so many, like a myriad of different sounds into her, her music, like R&B, soul, old school, like hip hop, reggae, all these things. Um, and her music is often characterized or categorized as neo soul, which bridged mm-hmm. hip hop and popular music. It's basically like melodic rapping, like I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, her album just addresses themes such as like the meaning of self, family, community. It's amazing. Like the so lyrics, good. the music, everything about it's so good. Chef's Kiss. Um, one of the best albums. Yeah, ever, literally. Honestly. It sold 19 million copies, debuted number one at the Billboard charts. 19 million? Yeah, dude. She was also the first woman to be nominated in 10 categories in a single year at the Grammys. Holy and she shit. was the first woman to win five awards in one night at the 1999 Grammys. I want to watch a video she of her raking looked, in the Grammys. Like, so amazing. She can't even carry all those in her arm, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Another little rocky thing. Uh, some of her, apparently, like, after it came out, some of her collaborators filed a lawsuit against her, claiming that she didn't properly credit them for their contributions on miseducation. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I couldn't find a lot of information Probably about this. If it wasn't as popular, they wouldn't have said shit. I mean, yeah. You gotta consider that. industry. True that. Um, So I guess it was just like quietly settled on undisclosed terms. So nobody really knows like what kind of happened there. So that's a little blip. But um, still she was a hit sensation. And she was, everybody was after her. Like people, like movie executives are trying to get her to act in their films. You know, everybody wanted her. She was amazing. But at the peak of her fame, she said, peace. I'm popping out. I'm gonna have some kids and commit tax evasion now. So she, yeah, I mean, she continued to write songs and she did like a two disc live album for MTV's Unplugged series in 2002. This Unplugged series was well received. It was very personal, but it was sold pretty poorly. Um, This is just a random little fun fact. I've never heard the Unplugged series. I want to listen to it. I haven't either. It it didn't, it wasn't super popular, Mm. but um, she performed at 
in the Vatican City and blasted the Catholic Church for corrupt practices and child abuse scandals. Hell yeah! Light them up, Isn't that bitch. amazing? And they were outraged. They were, like, really mad at her and were, like... They, Sorry, it's they, the they truth. They basically were, like, you, like, you are failing in your career now like you're not as successful as you were by okay sorry catholic church like, what a fucking fuck. bad diss well yeah well you're not getting yeah well your you're job. not even successful anymore <laughs> man well i love your whole went... career as a church is shit honestly Anyways. but i love that about her like she was like invited to the vatican city and was like you know what you guys just like, are kind of shitty <laughs> this is an opportunity for me to light you up <laughs> i really love that um, and then she just kind of dropped off for the rest of the decade. She did some guest appearances on other people's songs, songs on film tracks. Mostly she was just living a pretty private life, raising her family. She famously said, If it doesn't move me, I don't think it's worthy enough to put out there. Which really proves that she wasn't conforming to that, like, thing that happens a lot in the music industry where they just treat artists like they're commodities, you know? Like, she actually cared about making real art that she had put, you know, effort into, and also that she wanted a private life out of public scrutiny. Um, but she was definitely pressured by the music industry to, like, release more music and just said, nah, man. Fuck you, Fuck bro. you, let me live Do my life. Do what I want. Exactly. So I really admire that about her, but in 2004, the Fugees actually made up and reunited, and they made some music together again. Um, but it was very short-lived due to some creative differences because... Wyclef and Praz made a song called Lips Don't Lie that Lauren didn't like, and it was passed on to Shakira and renamed Hips Don't Lie. Shit. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That honestly is amazing. How does no one... Do they have, like, credits on, like, the song then? Like, are they credited, like, (sighs) as writers for that? They have to be. I think they are. Oh, my God. I think they would be. Wow. But isn't that amazing? So it's kind of crazy, though, because that would have been... A Fuji's hit again if Lauren liked it. It probably would have been better. It probably would have okay. been better. I'm you sorry. Know? Nothing Wait, I'm curious just, uh, as to what it would have sounded Fugees. like. Yeah. I wonder if they have like a rough cut or like a demo somewhere. Honestly. Um, so, yeah, so they definitely, they just had some creative differences, which is kind of sad because, you know, it'd be nice if they could have reunited, but yeah. it's still interesting. Um, but yeah, it's been speculated that she also struggles with mental illness too because she kind of has a reputation for being very erratic and out of pocket like she usually shows up late to her concerts and things like that Mm. Um, which I'm not surprised because she's been in the fame for so long like I'm sure that's had an effect on her and then she just you know continued to do her own thing obviously nothing was as big or successful as the miseducation but she she wasn't trying to do that really yeah Um, and then in 2012 she was sued by the IRS for tax evasion (laughs) Um, She pled guilty for three counts of tax evasion and actually served three months in prison. Damn. That fed into her reputation of just being seen as kind of erratic and kind of just strange. And also, like, tax evasion. Come on. Whatever. Come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to say I would commit tax evasion, but, like. Oh, but I would. I might. I would maybe Taxes tax suck. Of course I would commit tax evasion. If you can find a loophole. Fuck you, government. Honestly. I'm not giving you my money, my Especially hard-earned dollars. She, yeah, and also she, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but she has, like, given to a lot of really great charities. Like, she established the Refugee Project. So why does it matter? Yeah, she's, which is, like, an organization designed to aid at-risk urban youth and, like, raise money for um, Haitian refugees and clean water in Africa, so. Oh, my God. You know. It's, like, if you're so giving your money to things So fuck you, U.S. Like government, are you serious? Yeah. Mm. So that happened. Uh, just some casual tax evasion. 
Um, and then, yeah, she just continued to re release music and tour and perform sporadically and um, raise her six children with Rohan. And I think they're broken up now, but they still are on good terms, I think. That's beautiful. Just a little few things about her legacy. Yeah. Um, songs on Miseducation, like, that's probably considered, like, one of the best rap albums ever. Oh and God, she's yeah. considered one of the best rappers. Yeah. Ever. Fuck yeah. It's been sampled, like, songs on there have been sampled by artists like Drake and Cardi B, mm -hmm. and Rihanna. Anybody, everybody from Rihanna to St. Vincent have cited Hill as an influence. St. Vincent? <laughs> Sick. Oh my god. Um, and then, yeah, um, let's see. She's often, I, told, I said this earlier, but she's credited with popularizing melodic rapping, which Drake tried to say. He was like, I'm the first one who came up with melodic rapping. Like, <laughs> sit the fuck down. Literally stop tuning your own flute. What a male in. thing to say. I know. And then also just bringing like hip-hop and neo-soul into popular music and making that more accessible to people. Yes. And then here's a little quote that she said in a Rolling Stone interview. Your fave. Hey, my fave. She real. said, I always wanted to be a motivator of positive change. It's all in my lyrics. The desire to see my community get out of its own way, identify and confront internal and external obstacles and experience the heights of love and self-love that provoke transformation. Isn't she so eloquent? Uh, what the fuck? How do people get interviewed? How do people sound eloquent when How do people get, yeah, how do one, people get interviewed? Two, take photos. Watching musicians get their photos taken, I'm like, oh, how are you so natural no. at this? I would be so fucking awkward. You just have to be used to being in, just like, getting a lot of attention all the time. I guess so, fuck that. So yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, to say the least. What's she doing now, just kind of? Raising I'm just chilling. Raising her kids, she's still, you know, it was weird. I read something that she, she released a tour in 2018, an announcement that she was going to tour for, to celebrate the 20th um, anniversary of Miss Education coming out. Um, I think she did perform, I think she toured a little bit, but then I think it's something, I couldn't find any information about it. Like, I couldn't find if she, like, did the entire tour or not. Weird. There wasn't a lot of information, so I feel like maybe COVID may have interfered with it or like something happened. But like, she does still perform just kind of more sparingly and she releases music um, just sparingly. But that's kind of a kind vibe. Of like you pop the fuck off and you're like, that's what I'm Release saying. these albums that you're like, oh my God, she's one of the best like female musicians, best rappers. That's what I And then do. you're just like, I'm gonna raise my kids and like have a, have a chill life. But yeah, that's amazing that she just released like an amazing album that she put her whole like heart and soul into. Hope into Literally, Lorna She put her Lorna She put her Lucy, Miss Lauren Lucy. Sorry guys, into that fucking album. Oh, she really did. And then got a bunch of awards from it. Got a bunch of money from it. And then it was just like, okay, I'm gonna do what I want now and have a family. Oh my God, that's you know, like just the chill. Best life. Like that's. I really respect that. And fuck you, Catholic Church. And fuck the Catholic Church and fuck the music industry. And fuck mm -hmm. sexism and, fuck and racism the government. in the industry. Taxes. Fuck the government. Fuck the IRS, especially. <laughs> She's great. All right, that's a wrap on our female artists from the 90s. Hope you guys enjoyed. You got some good, wholesome shit from Miss Lauren Hill, our queen, and some maybe more controversial stuff from... As per usual. As per usual with us, dishing it out. Dishing it out. Dishing oh, wait, let out. me see my sources. Ah, oh, of course. I never, I really need to start doing what you do and you like get the actual author's names because I don't yeah, do that. What? You just say the fucking I'm sorry. Site? These writers. Dude, you know, you're this. right. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay. I read a Rolling Stone article about Lauren Hill. It was like a rare interview about miseducation. Um, Achievement.org gave me some biographical information. Some deets. Britannica, too. Um, this HuffPost article about the whole paternity scandal. 
and I watched a really, really good YouTube documentary called Miss Lauren Hill's Unsung Music Story Battle with the Music Industry and Her Legacy by Im Impressive, with an E, is the creator. And also Wikipedia, sorry. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch yeah. you next time for a very exciting episode. Much more lighthearted. All right, we'll <laughs> see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast was written and produced by Tony Elton and Julia Murtis, edited by Tony Elton, music by Sam Shapiro, and a special thanks to Lucy Richardson, Carlos Jimenez, Ethan Crawford, and the DU Media Film and Journalism Department.